Hello and welcome to the Cleveland Browns Dog Pound South podcast, part of the Fanatical Elves Network, part of the Fans for Sports Network. I'm Steve Gill, your host, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Nice, cloudy, cool day today. Fall is here. Uh, first, let's um, get the big news out of the way. Uh, Deshaun Watson was not practicing on the in the open portion of the practice today he uh batonio Najoku, and posick were all working inside uh dtr dorian thompson robinson was taking number one snaps and pj walker was taking number two snaps now i don't know what this means um i really can't tell you anything right now. Um, uh, all I know is um, it's less than ideal if uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't play. I hope the uh, the coaching staff gets the um, uh, D- if he has to play gets DTR ready, and I hope we find out if he's not going to play um, sooner than an hour before kickoff. How about that? Um, looking at the game, just I hope everybody enjoyed their bye week off from Cleveland Browns football. Um, it was a little frustrating watching the Ohio State game on Saturday, but you know, talent prevailed again. So, what do the Browns need to do to fix this um, inconsistent offense? Well, they were on their way during the Tennessee game. Um, for three quarters of that game, the offense was working. Um, they're they're going to have trouble running the ball. They don't have Nick Chubb. We all know that. He's not walking through that door. Uh, even on crutches, he's not going to come. He's done. So we have to, the Browns have to compensate for their lack of Nick Chubb. And I wrote an article over the weekend for ClevelandSportsTalk.com, what I thought the offense can do to um, at least attempt to get uh, the offense clicking without Nick Chubb. Um, I do expect them to try and run the ball, um, attack the perimeters of your opposing defense. Uh, You heard Andrew Barry in his news conference say that they were going to do a running back by committee. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I don't want them to split up the carries a third, a third, and a third. Uh, yes, you can still keep Jerome Ford as your feature back, but I'd like to see a little bit more of Kareem Hump and I, Hunt, and I want to see a ton more of Pierre Strong. Um, he could come in and give this running game a dynamic that Ford and um, Hunt cannot do. Other things they need to do. RPO. Now, a lot of people say, well, I, you know, they can't run the ball. Well, it's a run-pass option. Um, they are, uh, I believe, sixth in yardage gains from RPO usage, and they are in the bottom five from using RPO. How about a little more run-pass option? Doesn't mean you have to pass the ball. Doesn't mean you have to run the ball. It gives the quarterback the option. Um, a little more motion. Uh, the Elijah Moore as a uh, running back um, needs to end. He needs to just line up as a wide receiver. Um, I would put him in the slot, even though for some reason Kevin Stefanski doesn't like to use um, 
quick slants. And I don't understand that. They are, I mean, last night, the 49ers did a quick slant to the fullback. It's an easy way to get quick positive yardage. Um, and I, I would I would think Elijah Moore would be very good at it. Um, he is the number one wide receiver in uh, getting separation from defensive players. He, he gets separation the best out of all NFL wide receivers. So why don't we use him that way? Got have to have uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Marquise Goodwin more involved. Uh, Amari Cooper is putting up yeoman numbers, but when he's your only option, it's not good. I mean, even even the tight ends. I, I thought Kevin Stefanski would still go with the tight ends. I mean, David Njoku has had 18 catches on 19 targets. That tells me something's working with David Njoku. So the offense, they can they can fix some things. The problem in the turnover, they're second in turnovers with 10 in the NFL. And 31 of the 60 points given up by the defense have come off of turnovers. That's over half. Over half the points that this defense has given up is off of turnovers. You can't expect your defense to play on a short field. Uh, It just doesn't matter how good your defense is. They're going to give up points. So, I don't know what they're going to do to rectify that. The offensive line has to play a ton better. It's it's not playing well at all. And it's got me to thinking that maybe maybe Nick Chubb is so good at with his vision and anticipation that he's making a very good offensive line look like the number one offensive line in the league. Um, you'd have to convince me of any difference of that. Because Nick Chubb is just an exceptional talent at running back. And I could see where that might happen. But uh, supposedly his strength run blocking is is now a liability. Um, pass blocking, don't even get me started on that. Um, Jedrick Wills is like a turnstile over there. He might as well be a bullfighter. Ole, ole, ole. Um, but they're not going to change it. I heard rumors over the weekend that they were looking into the um, – the left tackle for the Denver Broncos. I think his name is Garrett Bowles. I, I just can't see that happening. I, I would love it. Uh, he's a little up there in age. He's 31, but I would love it. Um, I thought the draft pick of uh, Jedrick Wills was a good one. Um, um, back when I was that before that draft happened in 2020, that, that was the big tackle draft where you had four guys who were definite first rounders. Then you had a slew of guys who could go on the second day and eventually become NFL starters. Uh, before the draft and before um, the combine, I was all for signing Trent Williams and using that draft pick for something else. That's what I was, was hyping back then in my Dog Pound South blog. Um, back in um, before the 2020 draft, I thought, well, you know, get this guy for a couple of years. Uh, then you could use a pick later in the round, uh, you know, third round, something like that. Pick up a guy, the groom, and then you have your established left tackle in Trent Williams. And then you'd have a guy, the groom, in a couple of years to take over. Uh, by the way, he's San Francisco's best offensive lineman, and he's still producing right now. 
we'll get back to San Francisco in a, in a minute. Um, Stefanski, um, in his three years of uh, coaching the Browns, is two and one coming off the bye. In 2020, they beat the Texans 10, 10 to 7. Everybody remembers that game because Nick Chubb ran out of bounds uh, at the last minute to uh, to help the team win and eat clocks and not give the ball back to the Texans. It was a miserable day in Cleveland. I'm sure all those who were there remember it quite well because of the weather. In 2021, they uh, off the bye, they beat the uh, Ravens uh, 24 to 22. The most notable about that is they played the Ravens the game before the bye. So they had the, the Ravens by week Ravens. Um, that was uh, a game where uh, Miles Garrett did a strip uh, sack and scored a touchdown, uh, which they needed because um, the Ravens came back and they, uh, the Browns won 24, 22. They should have won in Baltimore. I mean, come on. Everybody remembers that game. And the last time coming off the bye last year, um, they had beaten Cincinnati before the bye, and then they had to travel to Miami. And everybody remembers that game, um, 39-17 to 17 Dolphins. It, it was a track meet. Uh, that just showed you how bad the, the Browns' defense was uh, last year. So, um, yeah, so coming off the bye, he's 2-1. He's and one. So that tells me something. He can get a team ready coming off the bye. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about a few other things, including the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Um, you're going to hear a lot about how West Coast teams traveling from the West, playing a game in the middle of the, middle of the uh, country, then going back to California, then coming back, heading east. Um, they did the San Francisco 49ers. Um, did uh, destroy uh, the number two defense in the league last night and made it look easy. Um, I was watching a little highlights of those game, that game. That offense they're running with Brock Purdy reminds me of the Stefanski offense in 2020. Um, it just does. It, it looks like the same offense. I mean, you have the wide zone running and – just the way the receivers and the tight ends run their routes reminds me a lot of that 2020 offense that the Browns uh, won 11 games with. Well, we'll see if um, uh, Jim Schwartz can devise up a good plan to stop that team. But anyway, uh, West Coast teams, um, when they travel east, their winning percentage is 43.6%. Now, in the game they play before they head east, you know, they, they, uh, center of the country east, go back west coast, and then go back to the east. If they cover the spread in that game before and then travel east, their win percentage is 29.6. Um, the Browns have, do have a few things going for them. You cannot imagine a San Francisco, any NFL team winning uh, and keep winning and keep winning without a loss. I mean, when's the last time that happened? The, the 72 Miami Dolphins. So um, they are, since Brock Purdy started for them, um, he is 10-0 and as a starter. They are 14-0, and and this is regular season. This is the playoffs. They are 14-0. and They have won 14 straight regular season games and 10 straight with Brock Purdy 
the last player drafted last year with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, 10-0. and 0. Uh, What do you do with this? How do you attack this San Francisco team? Um, I'm going to get more into that, and I'll have an article out for ClevelandSportsTalk.com uh, near the end of this week where I'll do my preview article. I'm just starting to look at a few things, but, man, this – this is a machine, and they they draw up plays so Brock Purdy does not fail. Um, so this is going to be a tough game for the Browns. Um, this is uh, going to be a true challenge for the defense, especially if Deshaun Watson isn't playing. Um, I hope he is, and I hope he's healthy enough to play. By the way, there's a difference between being medically cleared and being healthy. Just remember, uh, Baker Mayfield's last season with the Browns, he was medically cleared to play every game. Was he healthy? No, he wasn't. That's up to the player. If a medical staff tells you, tells the team, hey, he's healthy enough, he's medically cleared, it's up to the player to make that decision. So what else happened yesterday in the AFC North? Cincinnati overcame the um, Arizona Cardinals, not surprising. Um Cincinnati was the better team. Uh, kind of rooting for Josh Dobbs, but uh, it wasn't going to happen. And Pittsburgh beat the Ravens. Now, that's what irritates even more <laughs> Browns fans, is that Ravens game, that last game, the Browns just choked it up. They really did. They choked it up. All three phases of offense, defense, and special teams. And you can say, well, you know, rookie quarterback uh, starting, finding out he's starting like an hour and a half before the game. Yeah. But you backup quarterbacks are supposed to be ready to play. Um, I don't think Josh Dobbs would have, would have helped them any anyway. So, but uh, yeah, DTR had to be ready to play and he admitted he played poorly and he did. Uh, were there problems elsewhere? Yeah. Uh, the play calling was suspect. Um, you can't give up on the run, even when you're down seven to three. You still can't give up on the run. It's just um, frustrating to watch Pittsburgh, who is now in first place in the AFC North with the worst quarterback in the AFC North. That's it, just it, coaching does matter. Mike never, never underestimate. Mike Tomlin as a head coach. I never will. I, I wasn't comfortable when the Browns played Monday night in Pittsburgh. I could see a lot of things going wrong, and it did at the end of the game. Um, but their offense isn't that great. And right now, I think Baltimore still hasn't gotten it all together. I mean, they're, they're, how many passes did their wide receivers drop? I mean, it was ridiculous. It just Todd Moken is not an NFL coordinator. Newsflash, he isn't. You know, he was let go in Tampa. He was let go in Cleveland. He's not an NFL coordinator. So looking forward, the point spread is bouncing around, um, right? It was started at minus uh, San Francisco at three, and not, now I think it's up to four and a half. Um, as for playoff odds, the Browns, uh, the, the pros out in Vegas, the Browns are uh, now fifth in the AFC uh, with playoff odds. Um, the AFC is not the juggernaut that everybody thought it was going to be. Um, 
it was like, well, all the good quarterbacks are going to the AFC. Kansas City struggled with Minnesota. Uh, Baltimore was supposed to be the class of the AFC North. They went into Pittsburgh and lost, scored 10 points. They scored 10 points. So right now, um, the best team in the league is San Francisco. And that's who Browns get next. So let's uh, keep an eye on the uh, social media and the practice fields. Let's see if we can get Deshaun Watson out and practicing here either tomorrow. I don't know if they practice or not tomorrow. Um, it would be nice to see him out there Wednesday. That would make me feel a lot better. Okay. Well, that's it for today uh, from beautiful uh, Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Steve Gill, and this is the Cleveland Browns Dog Pounds Podcast part of the fanatical elf network which is part of the fans for sports network um like my cohort uh john uh sukan i want to thank everybody for following uh for downloading for listening for watching uh, the reason we do this is for two things one to talk to fellow browns fans because we are wild and crazy browns fans and to give you as much information as you need before the game starts and after the games are over. So thank you again for listening, watching, following. This is the Cleveland Browns. <coughs> Excuse me. Dog Pound South podcast. Thanks again and go Browns. <laughs>